Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Hey guys, what, what, what is the New Year's resolution? He said that's a to-do list for the first week of January. <laughs> Whatever changes you may be looking to make, I think, this, I think it's healthy for us to do that. I like the new year. As you take a moment to assess your life, the things that you've experienced in the last year, the good, the bad, and the ugly, an honest assessment, and then look forward to the future. And You know, um, I think we all have an innate desire to improve and for things to get better, to improve on how we treat others, be better at that, you know, how we treat our spouses, how we speak to our kids, how we, how we approach our job, our work, and what we eat. Yeah, no amens there. All of, and, it, and it's good. It's, it's always good to have that reset button, isn't it, for a fresh new year? I mean, God gives us a fresh new day every day. You know, the sun comes up, it's a new day, but there's something about the new year. It seems big. It's, there's just so much, hopefully, that you're full of hope concerning what's coming. Because the Scripture says that the hope that God gives does not disappoint. Because the love of God, has been poured out in our hearts by the Spirit of God. Yeah. See, when you know that you're loved that way, you can't help but have hope. Yeah. No matter what kind of situation yeah. you come into. And listen, there are trials and there are troubles and there are difficulties, there are challenges that lay ahead for yeah. you. Jesus said, in the world, you got trouble. But that's not the end. Be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. And since he has overcome the world, my family, that means so have you. Because whatever he did, he did it for you and I. And so when he earned that victory, now I'm getting ahead of myself, but when he purchased that victory with his own blood, with his sacrificial offering, with the suffering that he endured, and finished that work on the cross, he now presents it as a gift to each and every one of us. Not something we earn, something we receive. I love that. We're going to look at Romans chapter 8 this morning. We're going to start there. Romans chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 35. Before we go there, actually, anybody have a favorite verse in Romans chapter 8? If you could just think of one verse from Romans chapter 8. Somebody help me here. Anybody? 828, what does that say? You don't want to, you don't want to go on the microphone? It's being recorded. <laughs> And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. How about 8.1? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Translators later added on, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. But the original script just stops right there. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, period. That's beautiful. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and He condemned sin in the flesh. Isn't that good? That's good to know that Jesus condemned sin where in His flesh. He became a man and He took care of all the problems that we got with His flesh. Come on, give me another Romans 8. I gave you more than one. 
32, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? You know what that verse says? Just narrow down. If God will give you Jesus, He'll give you anything. <laughs> That's good. He ain't holding nothing back. If He'll give you His greatest, His most precious, the darling of heaven, as it was written in a song years ago. He'd give you... Brandon Marshall, when he was on staff here, I remember he was preaching one day about, about this very thing. He said, God did not give you His best. He gave you everything when He gave you Jesus. Amen. It wasn't just His best. It was everything to Him. Jesus is everything to His Father. He is the express image of God. Ooh, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, the Scripture says. It's by Him and through Him and for Him all things were created. God didn't do anything without His Son in mind. This story of God, this father and son, is a marvelous story. It's a love story between a father and son. But God opened his arms up to all of us and said, I want you all to enjoy and experience this great love. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. You know who's in that all? Come on, say it. Say it like you mean it. That's me. I'm in that all. Yeah, you're in that all. All right, give me another one. Romans 8. Huh? Romans 8.18. Oh, our present sufferings are what? That's not New King James Version. Doesn't even compare to the glory. The sufferings, the trials, the things, what Paul is saying. And hey, listen. You think you've had trouble? Just read the things that Paul went through. I'm persecuted. Somebody got on Facebook and I'm like, take, take that up with Paul. Take that persecution up with the Apostle Paul and see how that stands up to him. You're not going to believe what they said about me. Well, they stoned me to death. I was shipwrecked three times. I was beat with rods five different times. I had a Roman beating three times. I had what Jesus had three times. I was bit by a poisonous snake. Been thrown in prison. What was that you were saying about Facebook? What was that, that persecution you were dealing with? What was that? <laughs> you had your hurt, feelings hurt. Okay. See, here's the thing. This is the, the, you got to think about the man who is saying this, my family. I'm not saying your troubles aren't real. Please understand. I know they are. I'm just saying we need to get the right perspective here. This is the Apostle Paul who suffered more than... Any other person, as far as I know, except for Jesus, the, the, the magnitude of the sufferings this man went through to get the gospel to the Gentiles is phenomenal. And he said those sufferings, all that stuff, not even worth being compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, it's worth it. All that trouble that seems so daunting right now, the darkness seems so darknessy and... The trouble is so troublesome. Huh? It's nothing compared to the glory which is going to be revealed in you. Doesn't even come close. So when you're coming into this next year, remember Jesus loves you and God is on your side. And there ain't nothing knocking Him off His throne concerning the troubles in your life. Hmm? He's not up there twinless thumbs. He's not up there wringing His hands going, ugh. Never seen anything like this. No, there's always an answer. There's always a solution. 
There's always a way because Jesus said, I am the way. Can I remind you today? Get that kind of phraseology out of your mouth by saying there's just no way. Because when you're saying that as a child of God, you're saying there is no Jesus for me. If you say there's no way, then you're saying there's no Jesus. I am the way. Then there's always a way. Because he's the way. And he's on your side. That's good news. Anybody else? How about Romans 8, 4, 37? Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's one of the verses we're going to get into in just a moment. Anybody else? Is that uh, the Spirit uh, bears witness with our spirit? Oh, but uh, we've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But what? Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Yeah. And verse 14 says, I think, is it 14 it says, and the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God? Okay, that's a good one too. Anyway, Romans 8 is just chock full. It's like Paul went into another dimension of revelation in this chapter. And, and you read that, that I, let me, I just challenge you, just start reading from verse 1 and go, go to 39. By the end of that thing, you'll feel like you're ready to go to heaven right now. And you feel like you can, take, you can storm hell with a water pistol. I mean, nothing can stop you. It's beautiful, and it just culminates, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds. And it starts off, first of all, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, and it ends within Christ Jesus. This whole thing is bookended in him. Now, let's go to verse 35. That was fun. Thank you all. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So here's the question that's proposed. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now Paul's going to throw up all the possibilities. Shall tribulation? Now every time I ask a question here, I want you to either say yes or no. No the right answer, though. You can say yes if you want. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? How about distress? Or persecution? Or famine? No. Or nakedness? No. Peril? No. How about a sword? How about a gun? Next. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. What Paul is talking about is those who have suffered for the gospel's sake, he being one of them. And the world is killing the messengers. We're killed all day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But watch this. Yet, here it is, in all these things, in all these what? All these persecutions, all these tribulations, all these killings, hmm? we are, come on, more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Through Him who loved us. Verse 38, for I am persuaded. Who's talking here? Paul, the apostle of the Gentiles, you know who it's really talking? It's God talking to you. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, see, which is in Christ Jesus, 
our Lord. Doesn't that make you feel good? You ought to read Romans 8 every day. Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. I don't know if you've ever heard, you probably have, I think their story has gotten out quite a bit and worldwide thanks to the internet. But a young a, a man by the name of Rick Hoyt was born in 1962 with cerebral palsy. And his father and mother were advised to, give, to have him institutionalized as a result. But they disagreed. Mom and dad were determined um, to give Rick a chance at a normal life. Um, he entered into public school, and with a computer, Rick is able to communicate his thoughts. He had heard about a charity event for those that were suffering with cerebral palsy like himself and from paralysis, um, and this event was a five-mile run. So he asked his father, Dick Hoyt, if they could enter the race. And his father said yes. So they entered the race and finished the whole five miles coming in second to last place. And Rick was placed in this chair on wheels and his father Dick ran behind him, pushing him along the way. Mr. Hoyt recalled when they returned home from the race that Rick got on his computer and he said to his dad, Dad, when I run, I feel like my disability disappears. That began a journey of many, many athletic events in which the father and son duo would enter known as Team Hoyt. Um, and they would compete. And I'm not talking about just entering the race. I mean, they competed. As of six years ago, they had entered, listen to this, competed in 1,077 endurance events, including 70 marathons, six Ironman triathlons. They had run the Boston Marathon 30 times. Also adding to their list of achievements, uh, Dick and Rick Hoyt biked and ran across the U.S. in 1992 completing a full 3,735 miles in 45 days. They do triathlons for the swim portion of the triathlon. The father uses a rope attached to his body to pull Rick sitting in a boat. And the cycle portion, Rick rides on the front uh, of a specially designed tandem bike. And then for the run portion, Dick's pushing him in that little cart. The Bible says, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Being helpless to do anything for yourself, God chose not to leave you in that place. Amen. I thank God for that. Being debilitated by your sinful condition, God loved you and he reached down to you and I by becoming one of us. Thank you, Jesus. And he raised us up and he made us sit in the heavenly places with Christ. He took you and I who were in dead last and took us all the way to first place. First place with him. More than conquerors. He who conquered death, hell, and the grave has made us now more than conquerors. I was asked in the earlier service this question, how do you become more than a conqueror? Isn't conquering the thing you want to achieve? 
Being more than a conqueror means that you have been given the victory without having to earn it. He earned it, and then he credited you with being the victorious one. Ooh, don't you love that? Gave you the victory. And the Scripture says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. I love that. Turn to somebody and tell them, that's good news. Victory is a gift. Victory is a gift from God. Praise God. More than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. It's better. It's better because it's gifted. Everything about this experience with God always starts by us needing to receive something from Him so that we understand our great need to depend on Him. He has gifts for us to have, but we can't have those gifts apart from believing. He won't let you work for Him. He won't let you show off for Him. He won't let you try hard. He just says, receive it. Receive. The victory is yours. When you're coming into this next year, my family, expect the gift of victory. Expect all the stuff that you're coming into. Yeah, there are going to be troubles and all that, but you have the victory. Not by works of righteousness that we've done, but by His mercy. Thank God for that. I want everything that God's given out. You know, the book of Revelation talks about Jesus, as a matter of fact, I want to turn over there for just a moment. What did I do with my glasses I had? <laughs> Walking around in circles here. Revelation. By the way, do you know what the book of Revelation is about? Huh? If you ask a lot of people what the book of Revelation is about, it's about end times. Actually, if you read it, it says the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what Revelation is revealing. But these people who want to sell books make it something else. Yeah, they do. They're charlatans. Have y'all figured that out yet? Nobody knows the day or hour. Why do we keep predicting it? How many times are people going to fall for this stupidity? They're charlatans. They're thieves. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. I'm glad I said that. We're here to reveal Jesus, not doom. By the way, the end is good. I, I read the, that last book, We Win. <laughs> we win. That's what the end of the book says, we win. <laughs> not by works of righteousness that we have done. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, find it, holler. Um, give me a, give me, give me the Jeopardy song. <laughs> Not so fast. Oh, Revelation two. Sorry, Revelation chapter two. Now look at this, verse seventeen. Like I said. Whatever God is giving out, I want it. It's got to be good, right? Even tongues, speaking in tongues. Y'all do that kind of stuff around here? Heck yeah, we do. Coming from God. It didn't have to make sense to me. If it's a gift from Him, I'm taking it. Verse 17, look at this. He who has an ear. Anybody got an ear? Let me see. 
As far as I can tell, everybody's got ears in here. If you're missing one, we can, have, we can pray over you. Amen. Nothing's impossible with God. I want to just say hello to my friend, Pastor R.C. Shields, who's sitting right back here, who I call Rocket. And if you've ever heard him preach, you know why I call him Rocket. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't take time to warm up. He's hot when he gets to the pulpit. And he just, boom, just brings it. I love it. Very inspiring. He who has an ear, say, that's me. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes... To him who overcomes. This word overcome is written a few times in the Scripture, very few times. And it's in some of these places in Revelation to the churches, chapters 1, 2, and 3, um, where it's talking to the seven churches. But then it's one other place in it's 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. I quoted it earlier. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. All right? So what overcomes is faith. Right? So what he's saying here is to him who overcomes. In other words, what he's saying is to him who believes. To him who has faith. See, Jesus has made you more than a conqueror. This isn't about you striving and fighting. The overcomer is the believer. The one who believes in what Jesus did. Amen. Whom overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Secret bread. I don't know what that is. But apparently it's worth noting. To God, I'm going to give you some of the hidden manna. Look forward to that. And I will give him a white stone. <laughs> a white stone. Anybody else totally excited about these gifts Jesus is handing out? Hidden manna and a white stone. Well, I don't know what all that means. It says a new name, and on the stone, a new name which... <laughs> No one knows except him who receives it. Okay, okay, wait, wait, okay, Jesus, can we just slow this down for just a second? Him who overcomes, him who believes God, some of the things listed that we're going to receive, one is hidden manna. I don't know what, what that means, but... And then a white stone, and on that stone is a name written that only I get to know. What's the point of that? What's the point of that? See, our finite minds have a lot of difficulty with this. Because we think, well, big deal. Obviously, it's a big deal. In eternity, this is like grand. Marvelous. Like I said, not all these things that God offers us have to make sense to us. We just need to be ready recipients of the gifts that he's giving because all of them have purpose and eternal purpose in them. Wow. This love, who can separate us? Who can separate us from this love? When you're coming into this year, I want you to be continually reminded of and mindful of and aware of the consistency of his love. He never has, never will stop loving you. Now, listen to me. I'm talking about the only play, time that you, the only way I should say that you can be in a love, this kind of love that doesn't separate you, is you have to be in Christ. Because there is, God does love the world, but there are those who will be separated from his love if they don't believe. 
and they'll, they'll go to a place that was not prepared for them. God built hell for the devil and his angels. Not for people, but people will choose to go there by rejecting his love, by rejecting his son, and therefore rejecting a love that cannot separate them. Last verse, Romans 8, 39. Look at this. The very bottom there. Nothing, nor any created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This love that you are, this place, this condition now, you've been reconditioned. Now you're in Christ Jesus. You're a whole new creation. Now you're hidden in Him, the Scripture says. And if you're in Him, since you're in Him, there's no way that you can be separated. That'd be like bawling your eyes out, walking on the shore, along the shore of the ocean. You're walking along the shore and you're crying. And you take one of those tears and you flick it off in that ocean. And then you're trying to retrieve that tear. You can't be separated from Him because you're in Him. Are you catching this? And you get in that kind of love, which is a love that no circumstance, did you notice that no created thing were you created? Not even you can separate you from Him. Woo! Death can't do it. Life can't do it. Nothing that happens in this, this life can separate you for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you understand the security that we find in this man, Jesus Christ? The security that we have in Him is that He ever lives to make intercession for us. That's what, he, that's what Jesus lives to do. That's what it says. I live for this. To pray for you. To always be bringing you up before the Father. Because that's who He brought you to. He didn't bring you into a relationship with God. He brought you into a family. So that He's not just God. He is Father. Everybody's going to stand before God and give an account. But Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And no one goes to the Father but by me. Yeah, everybody can go to the judge, but I'm taking you to the Father. I'm bringing you into the family. Hallelujah. You're going to be just like me. And if the seed does produce after its kind, and God sowed that seed called the only begotten son. And the seed produces after its kind. Then when Jesus came up out of that grave, no longer the only begotten son, now the firstborn among many brethren. You know what that means? You are just as much a son of God as Jesus is. You're just as much in the family as Jesus is. You're just as righteous as Jesus is. You are just as secure as a son of God as Jesus is. How secure is Jesus as the son of God? Hmm? You're just as secure. Because the seed has to produce after its kind. And you didn't do it by your works of righteousness. You got his righteousness. When did that happen? When you believed. And just like Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, so did you. And God made that exchange with you. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Woo. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to know that today. Let's stand together. I want to thank God for Alec back here who is flying by the seat of his pants with me today because this wasn't in our plans today. Both services, we kind of went awry. But it was fun. It's the end of the year. 
Can I help, help you for just a moment? This is a good moment right now for you. To let the old things go. To leave them in 2018. Hmm? To lay aside the weights. It's interesting the scripture says, lay aside every weight and the sin. So there's a difference between weights and sins. But both of them are bad for you. You can't run swiftly. You can't run accurately when you're weighed down. When you're running off course. That's what sin means. It means, it's the Greek word hamartia. It means to miss the mark. It just means to miss the mark. Like a, an archer. That's why, that's why it's kind of crazy to say, you need to make a 180 degree turn. Well, what if I'm only off by like two degrees though? I can, that's still missing the mark. Two degrees off, 180 degrees. I'm not always running opposite of God. <laughs> Amen. That's not even what repent means. Repent just means change your mind. Just change your mind. Get some new thoughts. Either way, maybe you need to make some adjustments. Some minor, some major. But this is a good moment for you to invite God into this coming year and say, Lord, I'm going to acknowledge you much more this year than I did last year. I'm not going to carry the weights and the burdens in my own strength. All it's done is brought anxiety. All it's done is brought worry. All it's done is increased me in fear and stress. I, I, I'm not going to try to fix things that I don't have any control over. You said, cast your cares upon me. So, Lord, right now I make a commitment to you. I'm casting them on you which means I'm getting them as far away from me as possible. I'm not just handing them over. I'm casting them, throwing them away from me. You care for me. Because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Hey, he, he says, come to me, all you who are weighed down with burdens, all you who, who are distressed, all you who are weary and with life. I will give you rest. Make this exchange. He invites you to an exchange. Take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Father, may this new year be a year of rest, of resting in you, of trusting you, of acknowledging you in all of our ways, God. And we don't get tied up in our own thinking, our own reasoning, in our own resources. But Lord, understanding we have a God who is our Father who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. We have a Father who is happy to supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We have a God on our side who is more than enough. Who loves us. Who will truly give us all things since he gave us Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, here in this moment, you're here. I, I, need, to, I need to say, you need to let also uh, really feel the Lord saying, let's, let's really do it. Forgive right now. Just forgive. 
Forgive that person. Forgive that wrong. Say it with your mouth. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. I'm not holding grudge. I'm not, I'm not dragging this thing into the next year. I'm not doing it. I'm letting it go in Jesus' name. I'm cutting ties, and by faith in Jesus, I make the decision right now to forgive. I'm cutting the weights off. I will not be easily knocked off course by sin and weights. No, no, no. I'm doing it His way this year. 2019 is going to be my best year yet. Won't you say that with me? 2019 will be my best year yet. Why? Because it's going to be a year of receiving, receiving, receiving from God. Not striving. Receiving. 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 I'm going to finish with this thought. Just, just to remind you just how victorious and how well positioned that you are when the Scripture says, He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Right? Where, where is this table? The presence of your enemies? Why is that? That's a strange picture. And we're talking about a, a, a banquet table in the presence of your enemies. Those that hate you. Those that revile you. Those that have hurt you. Those that have brought you a lot of trouble. Those who are envious of you. Those who talk down on you. He invites you to come and says, hey, and I'm not talking about just people. I'm talking about the devil himself who's lying to you all the time. Come. Let's enjoy the victory. Let's feast. And let your enemy watch. Powerlessly able to do anything about it. Hmm? It's about time we have some spiritual warfare like this. Hmm? Feast on the goodness of the Lord. Hmm? This is good. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.